How is everyone doing today? I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, a podcast about discovering your strength, resilience, acceptance, perhaps even finding your new path after a stroke or life-altering event. I'm Christine, your host and a stroke survivor. It took me a while to accept the new me after my stroke, and my goal is to help others on their journey along with the whole Seven Jars team. Why the name? The new me absolutely loves hot pickled peppers. Well, let's get to it. Welcome to the podcast of Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, Season 2, Episode 6, All Work and No Play. The information and advice provided by Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, Ken and Christine Jackson, the speakers and commentators on their podcasts, interviews and references in the book, are not a substitute for the advice and treatment plan provided by your own healthcare professional. Further, it's not intended to be an adjunct to any existing or proposed advice or treatment plan you may currently be receiving from your healthcare professional. One of the most important things we've come to realize is that each individual in their family's journey through a stroke or major life event and its recovery is truly unique. The story and information provided by ourselves and our guests is solely intended to let you and your family know that one, you're not alone. Other people and families have gone through what you're going through. Two. There are resources available that you may not be aware of and that may help you and your family through the stroke recovery process. Three, there may be other treatment options available. Again, please consult your healthcare professional regarding your treatment plan and do not follow the treatment plan that we discussed in the information that we've provided as it's solely intended and directed for Christine and her continuing care. Thank you. You can join the conversation on YouTube and Facebook at Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers for our video version of the podcast. You can check out our website at sevenjarsofhotpickledpeppers.com or you can download our podcasts on iTunes or Podbean. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Seven Jars. Now it's time for Quote of the Cast. What we do during our working hours determines what we have. What we do during our leisure hours determines what we are. George Eastman. Life can't be all about work, that old adage, all work and no play. Too much work can make anyone bored and boring. Engaging in activities outside of work is paramount to healthy living. But what about after a life-altering event? In my case, a stroke. There can be a fear of participating in activities, no matter how much fun. Or maybe just unsure of what is appropriate for the new you. 
I dreamed of having time off work so I could participate in more of my favorite activities. Being off work for medical reasons is so different from being on vacation, though. As much as I wanted to, I couldn't participate in what used to be my favorite leisure activities. For many, I had to find modifications at a minimum, or just not do them. Not only a physical effect, there was a mental one as well. Being taken away from the things that filled my hours outside of work, that gave me joy. Do not despair. There is help. A recreational therapist works with people who have illnesses or disabling conditions to improve their health and quality of life through leisure and recreation. They use a systematic process that utilizes recreation and other interests as interventions to address the assessed needs of individuals as a means to psychological and physical health, recovery, and well-being. The work of a recreational therapist differs from other therapists. They use leisure activities to meet the goals of their clients. Their work can enhance motor and social skills, can assist with cognitive functioning, it can build confidence, develop coping skills, and integrate skills learned in treatment settings into the community. The intervention areas vary as widely as each client they work with, based upon the client's unique interests. Some examples may include crafts, music, drama, to more adventurous sports like hiking, soccer, even horseback riding. Recreation therapy takes a client's interests and helps expand those interests into successful goals. Recreation really does make us who we are, puts fun into so many life skills, especially for someone recovering from a stroke or any other life-altering event. Introducing today's guest. Christine Smith graduated from the University of Alberta in 2004 with a Bachelor of Arts. She went on to recreation in special populations and has become a member of the Alberta Therapeutic Rec Association. She's worked in Edmonton, Red Deer, and Stony Plain. She started in Camrose at St. Mary's Hospital in 2014 as a member of the Stroke Early Supported Discharge Program. She has three children of her own and a business called Kicks to Kids. Hello, Christine. Thank you for coming and sharing your expertise today. I remember when you came to my house and we discussed recreation ideas to help me during my own recovery. Yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> long ago. <laughs> so first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So um, I'm a wife and I'm a mother. Um, I have three, three beautiful girls. Um, I work as a recreation therapist with the early supported discharge team in Camrose out of St. Mary's Hospital. And I also have um, a small business in downtown Camrose with my mom from Kicks to Kids Maternity and Children's Store. Uh, so I'm sort of a jack of all trades <laughs> a little bit. And then I also, um, I'm an avid CrossFitter and I also um, help coach, coach that at, at CrossFit Camrose as well a couple days a week. Oh my goodness, when do you have time for <laughs> anything? You are one busy lady, that's amazing. 
So you're a rec therapist. So what led you to this type of career? Um, I think it wasn't actually anything I had heard of. Um, funny, I had started out um, working towards my business degree. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and decided that wasn't really, really what I wanted to do. Um, I really liked working with people. Um, I was big into soccer. I, you oh. know, so I, I really liked... Um, that leisure interest myself and mm. sort of when I was looking for something else to do um, I just liked the idea of recreation therapy and using people's interests to work towards whatever their goals are right. um, and sort of that whole whole well-being like overall well-being I liked focusing on that and not being specific to one one thing as you can see I like to do lots of different things so um, <laughs> through recreation therapy I get to sort of like learn and grow through other people's leisure interests Right. Well, and from the little bit we've learned about you, yes, definitely you seem to be involved in many things. And this seems like a perfect career for you to help give back to others. So how long have you been a recreation therapist? Uh, so I graduated from the University of Alberta in 2004. Okay. Um, and from there, I, I um, moved to Red Deer and worked um, a few different positions in recreation therapy there. So I worked... Um, did I do first I did long-term care and then um, I also worked on adolescent mental health unit for a while Um, and I also did acute care and so actually part of that was their stroke stroke unit at the time Um, so I kind of got a glimpse of stroke then Mm -hmm. Um, moved back to Edmonton which is where I was from and was working in long-term care again out in Stony Plain okay and then um, yeah so kind of from there I took some time off um, had had babies and (laughs) explored my business and stuff like that and the plan was always with um, my business was to get back to recreation therapy whether I could do it sort of Mm part-time and this awesome business or this awesome job came up and uh, kind of fit in with with interests and worked with my schedule and haven't looked back since. (laughs) Well that's amazing so yes you're part of the stroke early supported discharge program in Camrose and how long have you been working with that program? Um, so that started uh, 2014. Right. So yeah, we actually we started February 2014. So I've been there since then. And we were talking before we started um, the recording. You've been with the ESD since its inception in Camrose, haven't you? Yep. How yep. exciting to be there the whole time. Have you seen many changes in the program over the last few years? Yeah. Um, well, the, the the basis is still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first year we had a lot of guidance as it was um, a provincial um, project. And so there right. were other, other locations that were participating in that. Um, so we had a lot of um, support from that. And then sort of after that first year, sort of the reins were given back to the individual um uh, locations and so for cameras I think it, it was great you know we we learned a lot in those first years and I think we've just sort of developed from there and each year we actually do sort of like a mini trizan or kaizen where we look at um, things that we can improve and how we right. can provide better service or um, get sort of better results so mm-hmm. although we haven't the concept hasn't changed at all I think some of our um some of our tasky stuff you know that that's changed and improved but oh of course always learn and grow that's for sure it's an amazing program 
But where do you mostly work with your clients? I know ASD is a home-based program. Do you mostly work in their home? Uh, yeah. So as a recreation therapist, uh, I I get to have the fun job maybe on the team, <laughs> some might say. Um, so I, I although I do work a lot in their home, I do part of part of my role is that community integration right. aspect. So we do have the opportunity to get out and get back into the community. So whether it's, you know, getting back to going to the shopping mall or mm. getting back to swimming at the local pool or whatever it is. So, so yeah, so in the home and, and out yeah. in the community. So you have to be willing and ready to be in a multitude of environments, I guess. So it's For great sure. that you have such a exuberant personality and the background for doing many different recreationals um, activities. So from your experience, what are some of the benefits of participating in recreational activities? Um, I think it's that overall well-being, right? Um, mm-hmm. With recreation therapy, we we look at that the psychological aspect, um, the social emotional aspect, the physical, um, spiritual. So I think mm-hmm. with recreation therapy, you're able to touch on all of those those areas, which really help, I guess, shape who a person is and mm-hmm. and um, what they value and and that. So for sure, that's that's amazing. So. How do you help someone who's had a life-altering event find appropriate recreational activities? Um, I like to start with um, what what it is that they they did before they've had this this cha- life-changing event, right. um, and s- find ways that I can help them get back to what it was they were doing. And so, whether that's helping them relearn a skill that was required to do that task or finding a modification to help them resume that task. Or sometimes maybe maybe what they were doing before isn't necessarily going to work for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. or maybe they've lost interest in it um, and maybe have to help them explore something new and different. So we can kind of take a few different um, avenues with that. that. Yeah, that sounds great. Client-based, of course. Do you use any type of formal assessments when going through that process? Um, there are some that we can use as a recreation therapist. I just find um, with with our program, because it is very short term, mm-hmm. um, that I, I wouldn't necessarily see change um, oh, okay. in the recording of the scores just because... Um, and probably for yourself, right, when you first got out of the hospital and you came home, um, maybe recreation wasn't a priority f- mm-hmm. for you, right? Sometimes there's other things that are going on that sort of take precedence over that. So sure. um, although I get in there and try and explore that, I, I kind of do a more informal finding out, um, mm-hmm. you know, what their interests were, what they'd like to get back to. Um, through our program, we do use um, the COPM. And when we start off with everybody, we we go over um, our goals, the goals that they want to use. And then we do right. use um, that standardized assessment to see, you know, um, their performance and satisfaction in those areas. So um, we do use that because sometimes those goals are recreation based. <laughs> right, for sure. So Based on their interests, do you try to guide their goals and their activities 
to things that may even help with their recovery? Yeah, absolutely. So um, even if their goal identified wasn't um, a recreation-based goal per se, um, I can definitely, I like using their leisure interests to help them work towards whatever that goal was. So say it was their right hand functioning. Well, maybe they loved playing checkers or, you know, loved knitting. You know, how can we use those interests to work towards regaining that hand function? Right. For example. So, right. So you're, you're promoting recreation activities for skill enhancements. Yeah. That's awesome. So have you had times where you've had to help the clients find goals that are appropriate for their current state? Um, activities that are right for them? Yeah. Um, part of part of my role is um, leisure education as well. So sometimes um, people haven't had recreation or it hasn't been really important for them. So maybe oh, okay. maybe they, um, they were working lots, right, mm-hmm. where they haven't had an opportunity to participate in some of their recreation opportunities because work was was their life right Mm -hmm. um and then looking at maybe their new way of life or the way things are going to be um it's a good opportunity to help them see perhaps the value in recreation um Mm -hmm. and sort of explore that a little bit more with them and then uh help find them something that that they'll find satisfying and meaningful for them so do you use research to find local activities that you can suggest for people? Because I know you you travel within a 100-kilometer radius of Camrose, so you have to be familiar with many communities, I guess. So do you research to try and push clients who maybe didn't or weren't involved in recreational activities before their stroke? Yep. Yeah, for sure. I've learned a lot about smaller, yeah. <laughs> smaller communities around cameras, for sure. Um, so yeah, I think I'm constantly exploring and um, trying to find out what programs are available, um, trying to help them get back into the community or stay in the community as well. And and especially if recreation wasn't um, one of their priorities right. um, originally, you know, I like to explore them actually with with the client um ideally um based on what it what what their interests are so i i feel like sometimes uh when we go see clients it's like the recreation therapist is coming to see you and they're like they get all like what's she gonna make me do okay (laughs) um which is which is funny because i'm not gonna make them do anything really my my role is to find out what what they want to do and how we can help them get back doing that so for sure. And that was actually my next question. Do you participate in the activities with your clients? So. We, we do, actually. And that's why I kind of have the fun job on the team <laughs> in that uh, I have got, we do get to go out in the community and we do get to try those things and, mm-hmm. and practice um, or relearn skills, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they may need, um, which is, which can be a lot of fun um, yeah. for both of us. <laughs> I guess. So, I'm sure you've had some interesting adventures um, accompanying clients. Is there any you can share without yeah. revealing too much, I guess, about yeah. your clients? Um, uh, actually, and it's it's quite funny because this spring was the first time I get to, got to go golfing with, oh. with a client. And I've been waiting four years, four years <laughs> for someone to have a goal. <laughs> 
of wanting to resume resume golf. Oh, nice. And, and not to say that I haven't had people, but it's always been, say, in the dead of winter where it's not oh. really conducive to, to getting out on the driving range or whatever. Um, so, yeah. So this year I actually had a couple clients that um, wanted to get golfing. So we got to do that, which was fun. Nice. Um, and uh, also this spring, too. It was a good spring. I had... Uh, <laughs> another client that was interested in um, getting back to the shooting range. Really? And so I, I, we went to the shooting range and I'd never, I think I went hunting with my dad when I was a small child. Right. Um, but other than that, I'd never picked up a gun. So that was, that was, that was really cool. <laughs> uh, that would be very interesting. So again, this leads to the next question. Have you learned new skills with or from your clients? I have. Yeah. So that was, that was one. Um, and then also I've had um, experience rug hooking. I'd never, oh. I've never done that. Um, and it's, it's funny. I sometimes say I'm the worst recreation therapist because I feel like I'm not very crafty. And so I have all <laughs> these clients that uh, want to do knitting or quilting or whatever. And I, so I'm always like, okay, let's go through the steps. And then I really hope that um, <laughs> we're able to problem solve together sometimes because right. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how to do all the activities out there. So it's nice to learn and um, right. try different things with, with our clients. I actually think that's probably a great part of providing therapy for someone. You give them opportunity to be a teacher as well. Yeah, absolutely. Which is has so many benefits. And leading with that, recreation does have a lot of mental health benefits. Have you noticed that with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the opportunity to have some independence. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. when they're restricted in other ways or challenged, um, when they're able to resume doing something that gives them joy, right. I feel like that can have, um, you know, that can just change someone's whole outlook or day. Um, if they have something that they can look forward to or something that they yes. can do independently or, you know, they're, they're definitely, I have, I have seen that for sure. Um, and even having someone who was challenged and maybe resuming an activity that they enjoyed in the past but seeing them at the end of the program where they've mastered it and they're back doing it independently and just sort of that self-satisfaction is 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 great oh I bet that's amazing have you had clients resistant to participating in recreation absolutely as I kind of mentioned I touched yeah, on this sometimes they think I'm gonna go in and make them do something <laughs> um but but really uh sometimes you know it it's not it's not that yeah. that big and I think they they meet me and we go through um those initial questions and they yeah. kind of soften a bit and you know we can usually come up with with something and even right. if it is just a matter of um like learning what opportunities are out there right sometimes it's just as simple as that as opposed to um forcing them to do something that you know they're not going to stick with anyways and and so it's important to find something that that's meaningful to them. Otherwise, there's really no benefit in, in doing it or pursuing it. Oh, perfect answer. And yeah, perfect way to approach people because I'm sure the person you went shooting with probably wouldn't be as interested in learning the rug hooking, which I'm sure you did with someone else. Right. <laughs> so how do you assess if a client is finding success in their recreation goals? 
Um, well, we look at um, sort of their level of independence. Okay. Um, a lot of the time with our program, we're constantly evaluating um, how they perceive their performance in that task. Okay. And then also um, their perceived satisfaction. So we are always sort of checking mm. in throughout the right. program to see how they think they're doing and how they think it's going. Um I think sometimes with recreation, it can be a little bit, it's subjective, right? Oh, so for sure. I might look like I'm mastering this task and I'm doing awesome, but maybe I'm not doing it as well as I did before. Or right. maybe I'm really struggling with this and I'm not having fun doing this anymore. Mm. So maybe it's time to explore something new and different. So, so yeah, so I think it's just sort of that open conversation and developing the rapport with someone that they're able to say, hey, Christine, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Or, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Like, what else can we look into? That's right, for sure. So you're there to help modify the goals or the activities yeah. as and if needed. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it is... Um, sort of problem solving and overcoming mm -hmm. those barriers and sometimes just having that conversation with how do you think like how how do you think you could make this work or like right. who who are your who are your support people who can help you do the things you need to do or yeah. whatever so yeah a lot of a lot of conversation oh for sure and having you there for that support and to help them through that definitely helps someone who's had a stroke or any other life-altering event uh, so I know when you were working with me, and I know from the ESD, you work as part of an interdisciplinary team with other types of therapists. Can you tell us what it's like working, you you all might be working with one client, but you have different aspects of that client to, that you're helping? Yeah, no, I think it's because we all of the different disciplines are working together towards a common goal. Um, but we all have sort of that special interest that we're looking at. Um, so as a physio physical therapist, they might really be focusing on um, how they're walking or their quality of their movement. Um, whereas I might be looking at, okay, well, now they're walking and they're doing this, but are they able to get back to, say, walking at the track? Or are they able to walk up the stairs of the arena to go catch that hockey game that they love to watch right. or whatever. So um, so even though we're all working towards sort of similar goals, we're all just sort of looking at different aspects together um, to sort of look at that overall overall wellness right. and, and well-being. For sure. So all of you are coming together with your specific um, skills to help the person as a whole. Yeah. Which is just amazing. So finally, with your experience throughout, well, since 2004 in different areas that you've worked, any parting words for stroke survivors? So I would probably say the biggest thing is just to keep, keep working towards your goals. Find something that's important and meaningful and satisfying for you. Um, and even if it is challenging, mm -hmm. um, don't be afraid to... To look at it differently try different ways of doing things make the modifications because the right. overall benefit of doing those activities can often outweigh maybe those challenges or things that you have to work through um and you know this is a big event and you're gonna right. change and sometimes your activities need to change but it doesn't mean that you can't do them so ask for the right. help try new things and just sort of keep keep pushing through and if if those things don't work for you just keep looking and trying to find something else and 
-hmm. don't be afraid to ask for those supports or ask for help and yeah i think that's that's probably the biggest thing i would would want to say well amazing words and you're right modify where you can i myself i'm not going to be running marathons anymore but i'm now starting to be able to run on the treadmill so you're right take it one day at a time and keep trying thank you so much christine and by the way love your name thank you (laughs) you work so hard helping people to find meaning and enjoyment in life helping discover who they are after a stroke so recreation therapists from what i've seen put the fun into functional all work and no play is no good for our health find Mm -hmm. something right for you and as you've demonstrated and told us about there are so many resources out there to help you thank you You're very welcome. Did you know that you can follow us on Twitter? At 7jars. We post daily with all the latest stroke research, innovation, and inspiration. Follow us. Now it's time for the joke of the week. Hey, Ken, you know, I was walking our dog Twinkie yesterday. And I saw a guy spill all his Scrabble letters on the road. Oh man, that's crappy luck. Did you uh, did you help him pick them up? <laughs> no, I asked him, "What's the word on the street?" <laughs> now it's time for our segment on survivor stories. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to share your own stroke or survival story, or your experience as a caregiver, you can submit your story through our website at Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, or personal message us on Facebook. We look forward to reading your story. In this episode, Colleen shares her story of surviving a stroke and her journey through recovery, read by Christine. Hi, I'm a 39-year-old mother and wife, and I survived a small stroke on the morning of August 9th, 2017. I woke up like any normal morning and went to the gym, and thank God I did go because things may have been much worse if I hadn't gone to the gym that day. While working out doing circuit training, I felt fine, and then I went to get on the treadmill, and I couldn't walk, which I didn't understand at the time, but now I know. I went to leave the women's center and I dropped my phone a couple of times. The trainer on duty came in to check on me and noticed my facial droop and speech was slurred. So she called 911 and I was rushed to the first hospital. After that, I was transferred to another hospital where I suffered two massive strokes, then sent to ICU for the night. The next morning, I was medevac to a stroke hospital for a thrombectomy surgery, which was risky and touch and go. I stayed there for several days recovering before being transferred to a rehabilitation center. I decided at that point, I'm lucky to be alive. I'm going to be the best stroke survivor ever, maybe even the new face of strokes. I've kept this positive attitude throughout my recovery, even though it's super tough and frustrating. But what will being a negative crybaby get me? I'm not 100%. I can walk, 
It's not the prettiest thing, but I get places. I can drive my car and be somewhat independent. I thank God for that every day. My left side has been affected, so luckily I'm a righty. I'm still unable to do anything with my left hand. So this was tricky when softball season started. I had been my daughter's team coach for the past four years. I wasn't going to let this stroke stop me. So I bought a glove for my right hand and began catching the balls with that instead. That's just one example of how I'm living my new life. Everyone's journey is filled with courage and resilience. Thank you for sharing yours, Colleen. Now, for our stroke link. I've always been a big fan of recreation. We've done lots of activities over the years, but sometimes it's hard to get going, especially since my stroke. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, after your stroke, we tried riding a bike. Uh, that was quite an ordeal, and in, in retrospect, I think we should talk about how to stop before we do that again. That, uh, looking back, we can laugh at it now, but yeah, you had to catch me. <laughs> it's important to find appropriate activities. I found a link on Google from a company called Sabo, S-A-E-B-O. They have lots of ideas for recreational rehab after stroke. Yeah, I checked that one out too. It's an international company based out of the United States, but they do have an office here in Canada also. That's right. Every activity can help in your recovery and help you discover the new you after stroke or any life-altering event. That's for sure. Uh, it has activities ranging from Scrabble to Tai Chi, but no more Scrabble jokes, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. There was also lots of links you could click into for other information, even survivor stories. It's a great tool for ideas, but you can search your own area by looking at your city websites or calling recreational centers to see what they offer. Your hospital might be able to put you in touch with a recreational therapist if you don't already have one. Did you know that your doctor may even be able to provide you with a free rec pass? Talk to your doctor about it. For sure. But to get started, we recommend this website for ideas to help with recreation. It's www.sabo.com backslash 35 fun rehab activities stroke patients backslash and again sabo is s-a-e-b-o this will show up on our facebook and youtube streams thank you last but not least remember fast f-a-s-t face arm speech time if you or a loved one experience any changes in your face arm or speech time to get yourself to the hospital quickly you can call 911 in canada for emergencies or for inquiries you can call healthlink in canada at 1-866-408-5465 and talk to a healthcare professional for joining us today. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, or if you have any questions, comments, jokes, or ideas for future topics, contact us at our website, 7jarsofhotpickledpeppers.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
If you'd like to hear more about Christine's journey, please check out the website. Her book is available for purchase. Special thanks to Kevin Jackson, who prepares our YouTube video for every episode. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And look for the rainbow in your thunderstorm. Goodbye and good health.